Grace and peace to you, Bloom, and welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. My name is Seth Slay. I am the music and arts pastor here at Bloom Church in Denver. And today on the episode, we are joined, as usual, by Taryn and Dulcie and David. We talk about a passage from the book of John together, as well as guide you through some liturgy and prayers. And you also hear a song that was written and produced within our community here. One quick thing before we go into our liturgy, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your patience in waiting for these episodes to come out. Our recording schedule this summer has been a little more sporadic, and I think it will become more consistent as we go into the fall. But thank you again just for sticking around and for listening to this, even though it's releasing on a Wednesday instead of its normal Sunday. We're really glad you guys are with us today, and we hope that this is a good time where you can just be with Christ and know that you're held and loved and known by Christ. Let's get into the liturgy. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul says, Be imitators of God. Love as Christ loved. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Put away all anger and bitterness, all slander and malice. So let us confess our sin to God, who forgives us in Christ. In a dark and disfigured world, we have not held out the light of life. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. In a hungry and despairing world, we have failed to share our bread. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. In a cold and loveless world, we have kept the love of God to ourselves. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May God forgive us by the death of her Son, and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. Amen.
Here reading from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 4. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. 
However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear a reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 6. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. We talk a lot and we've held and grappled with and tried our best to receive the, the truth that we are all one in Christ and that through Christ we've been made one with our human family. And uh, that's really the beauty of the gospel, that 
There is no separate. There is no unincluded. There is no other. There's just Christ and Christ in all things and through all things and made manifest in this world through the body of Christ, the people. And this verse, when Paul is talking about what that feels like, the experience of being one with Christ and with each other, it's so compelling. When you read that, Dulce, I just wanted to sit with that for the rest of the evening, really, and put that sort of as a framework for how I see what's going on in our world and what I hope could be in our world, to operate from that place of oneness, from being known, from being included, from being a part of something so much greater and more beautiful than ourselves. It hits something so deep in us, this like ancient longing to be grafted back into that which we know we belong. And that's Christ. I love that imagery that Christ descended to our lowly world, that from the eternal Christ came in the person of Jesus and inhabited our world, that today Christ inhabits every place that we find ourselves, every valley, every hill, that the entirety of our being is held and known and seen by Christ, and that he ascended, that he may fill all things. We sing this song at Bloom. It was written by Seth and our team of musicians, and it I love it because it says Christ in you and me and everything, and it's this awareness that Christ fills all, that holds all. And it calls us to see ourselves and each other as truly belonging to the Creator. And these people that follow Jesus after they've been fed, and we talked about that in our last podcast, talked about the feeding of thousands of people that took place and the miracle that happened to the left and to the right of Jesus and Philip and Andrew. And it's a great story. But now these people are searching for Jesus again, and I think they're trying to put him in a box, trying to figure out if he's the Messiah or a political leader or a king or whatever it is, and um, kind of get in this weird argument about works and signs and that I'm not going to go into that. But I think what's so beautiful is that Jesus uses that imagery of bread, of hunger, and provision, and he says, I standing right in front of you am the bread that you long for. He's saying to them, more than miracles or even provision, is presence. I descended to this lowly world that you would know that you're loved, that I'm with you, that I see you, that I'm offering the fullness of myself to you. And Jesus says these I am statements several times in the gospel narratives. He says it in this story by saying, I am the bread of life. He says it later. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I love these statements because they're expansive. It's saying, in essence, that because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that because he is the bread of heaven, that nothing else is. Religion is not the way. Moral code is not the way. Doctrinal perfection is not the way. American nationalism, evangelicalism, whatever it may be, is not the way, is not the truth and the life. It's only Christ. And to say that, is to realize that every place in which we find life and truth and the way into the life of the eternal and to the inspired and the transcendent, every place where we find the bread of heaven, we have found Christ. He's waiting for us at every turn. These passages to me are kind of this full circle in which we realize that we are fully surrounded by Christ. We cannot escape love, that we're made one not only with Christ, but with each other that we're seen, we're provided for, 
we are given the very presence of the Creator every second of every day. It's freeing to me to think about that, to be drawn into that reality, as Paul talks about, to experience it, to feel the texture of what it's like when a whole community of people are aware that they're held and seen and loved and surrounded and provided for and one with each other and with Christ. This is not exclusive. This is not arrogant on Jesus' part. It's invitational. It's expansive. It draws us into a greater awareness of who we are, of what we're a part of, of where we stand in this creation. And as we love to say it, Bloom, or at least I love to say it, it calls us to the river to jump in with all that we have and experience the love of Christ, the height, the width, the depth, the breadth of the love that's been poured out on us. So where do we find that in our lives, in this space, in this time in which we live? Where do we find Christ as truth, as the way, as life, and as the bread that sustains us? As you were talking, Dave, and as I was kind of looking at the scripture again, I I got kind of stuck on the part where they were like, show us a sign, what can you do? Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking about the imagery of going into the river. I just thought, like, what would it look like? What would my faith look like if I could just sit in a space where Christ could be Christ and free to do what Christ is doing? And I just exist in that reality Mm -hmm. versus constantly demanding what I think Christ should be in each situation. I don't have an answer, but like the second I thought it, I just was like, that feels really peaceful. Mm -hmm. That feels like a place of like hope and well, peace. And it's convicting in a really gentle and beautiful way that when I start bringing my questions, like where, where are these signs? Show, show me a sign. (laughs) Like, what Mm -hmm. do you, what can you do? Because I do that a lot in, in much less obvious ways, but where can I just sit and experience what Christ has for me? I don't know if this is piggybacking off of what you're saying, Dulce, but I felt myself resonating with something very similar in Jesus' response of this is the only work God wants from you. Mm believe in the one he has sent. And it is causing me to to pause and look at that word believe Mm -hmm. and think that that's a much deeper, broader word than I think what we think of believe at surface level. Mm -hmm. And I have to think that it probably is very closely tied to not just like, I believe you are who you say you are, but to know, like to know Jesus. And in that knowing, it is all that comes as a result. Like he talks about, I'm the bread. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. And and I don't know that anybody would deny that, like not want that for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think of how often I settle for when he says earlier, don't be con- so concerned about perishable things like food. Mm -hmm. And I think of how often I settle for Uh 
things in my spiritual relationship that seem really worthwhile or really good things to pursue or where I just somehow have the belief that this is what it's about and almost miss out Mm -hmm. on that piece that you're saying that's like such a deeper level of rootedness and peace and so much not depending on me. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And that it's just like, if I really know Christ, like to say I'll never be hungry again and I'll never thirst, it feels like that covers everything. And so it is, it's such a reminder. I have a friend who talks about so much of scripture can be like simply profound and profoundly simple. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like that's what this is. Like there's a simplicity to it mm-hmm. and yet so profound. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of refocuses me to be thinking about uh, what does that mean for me? Just believe in the one he sent. Mm-hmm. Like what does that look like for me? And how does that change my approach? And where am I getting off or settling for something that's way less satisfying, Mm -hmm. but maybe I deemed just as important. Mm -hmm. I don't have answers either. It's just really powerful, though. Yeah, I don't know if there's answers. I think that we're kind of struggling with opening our minds and our bodies and our spirits up to this reality Mm -hmm. that, you know, the people in this story had a hard time. They come to him like, well, we want to do these things. What can you do for us? What box can we put you in? Mm -hmm. And Jesus is just like, let me tell you about eternity and who I really am and how I'm offering all that I am to you forever that you never hunger or thirst. I mean, it's this whole, it's an invitation to the realm of the eternal. Mm -hmm. And I do, I love that both y'all have spoken about believe, which I just looked up um, the definition. It says to accept something is true, Mm -hmm. to feel sure of the truth of it. That's not a doing. That's not like a conjuring up some kind of sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. or labeling something correctly, you know, how they wanted to label Jesus. It's being sure of this reality of Christ who holds the reality together. I don't know if there is anything more than that. I mean, I was listening to this podcast. It was titled Ecstasy in Life and in Death. And at one point they were talking about the pure joy, the ecstasy of eating a tomato. And I was like, okay. But they said, you know, that to be a participant in the created order on a level that you're overwhelmed by the wonder of it all. Mm-hmm. And that's that like invitation to, to find life, to truly enjoy being here, mm-hmm. to enjoy every breath. To be filled with with wonder and awe and be drawn into the deepest of realities of what this all is. I feel like Jesus is always trying to call people into that. Like, just stop for a second. I'm with you and really nothing else matters. Let that sink into the deepest place of your soul. Because in that place, there is no doing or striving or categorizing or accomplishing. You just are. And then the reality of just being overwhelms us. I think that's why Paul, in in this passage we just read, he speaks to something so simple, but so profoundly beautiful. I think it's just 
for me, that journey of opening myself up as much as I can to the reality, which is so hard to explain. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Well, I think I would have read this passage differently. And I have read this passage differently in the past of like, just grasping at straws, trying to find the application. (laughs) Yeah. And one of the things I love about being in the room with y'all is like, it takes me out of trying to strive to find, you know, the little nugget that I can apply to my life. Because it, there is no, like, practical thing. Because you, you can't be like, I mean, you could say, like, you know, this is about God's provision for his people. But it's not really about that. No. Or you could say, you know, it's about spiritual provision of, like, you know, you get the, the spiritual bread and the spiritual yeah. water you need to, to sustain your soul. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm looking at it now from this kind of mystical mm-hmm. perspective and it's so much more invitational. Mm. So much so that I even miss the literal invitation that he give, yeah. that Jesus gives. He literally says, Moses didn't give it to you, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. And like mm. that's, I miss that because I'll, so much of my life reading scripture has been like, how do I apply this to my life? Mm-hmm. All he's asking us to do is to believe in him and also mm. to believe that he can do something cool with your life. Mm. And that you get to partner with Christ in that, to do something cool with your life. Yeah. The invitation is just to jump in. And like, it's so hard to even think about how to apply that to my life other than like, my mind is changing, you know, my mindset and my, the way I think about things is changing because I'm trying to look at scripture now. I'm trying to kind of reclaim it to look for the invitation, look for the beauty. And I just, I hate that I've missed it for so long in my life, just striving to be this better version of myself and not striving to be who Christ made me to be. Yeah, yeah. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, like, stop thinking about all this stuff that takes you away from the eternal realm, that takes you away from the kingdom. He's saying, yeah, that stuff is a thing, but it's, it's not the only thing. There's an invitation into something so much bigger and broader and wider and more beautiful. Yeah. This sounds so much like when Jesus says, I'm coming with new wineskins. And I think like it's always going to be our tendency to want the old wineskins because that's what we understand. But I'm also struck that like these are the same people that when he saw they were hungry, he fed them. And now he sees this other hunger and he's feeding them. He answered what they needed in that moment. And now he's answering what they actually need in this mm-hmm. moment, which means we're not probably going to get it. There's this whole crowd that's not getting it either. And maybe like, we're not all going to get it, but somebody's going to get it. And it feels like new wine's going to mean, even while you were talking, Seth, I was like, it's like growing really fast Mm. or getting a new body or just the sensation of like it being completely out of control in a really peaceful way. Mm. (laughs) So I I, I guess I also just want to say at the same time, the gospel of kindness is always alive. (laughs) And like, we get to hear this now, even if we haven't figured it out up to this point. And also, we're all doing the best we can, including these people who are asking for crazy signs, right? Mm. Like, we want to roll our eyes, but there's part of me that's like, don't roll your eyes. Like, they're just doing the best they can to understand. And so are we. And I don't understand it either. It's like trying to understand the fifth dimension or something. (laughs) It's hard to define what it is because I, I think that we're circling the runway here because we're trying to 
grasp what are we called to experience. I feel like there's so many times that, that Jesus is saying, just cross the threshold mm-hmm. into a new state of being. It's what Paul says. It's what the prophets say. It's hard for us because we, we're in this temporal world. So it's hard to fathom the eternal. But if we start to see everything that Jesus did as eternal, as reflecting the reality, the true reality of the unseen, we start to see that being fed and being invited into this reality is all the same for Jesus mm-hmm. to take the provision of the earth and, and hand it to humans whom are loved and valued and feel the pain of hunger in their belly. That act is sacred. And so it's assumed into the work of Christ, into the mysterious, into the, into the divine. And he says to them, when they come at him and they're like, what does this mean? And how do we do it too? And, and Moses did it. And they're trying to, I mean, I love that he calls them to be, to just be. Mm-hmm. Me too. To believe in him. So I don't know if it's about being a better version of ourselves or getting to a point mm-hmm. in our lives where we've mastered some sort of spiritual practice. I wonder if the whole thing is just, are we amazed that we are at all? Mm-hmm. Have we let that reality sink so deep into us that we can say with Paul, in Christ we live and we move and we have our being. In Christ we feel our way through this tangible world and we do the things that may be expected of us, but it's all about Christ. If we allow ourselves to be pulled across the threshold, we start to see that we are completely loved and valued and held as is every human will ever meet. When we look into people's eyes, we start to see that they too are part of this whole beautiful expansion of the grace and the kindness of God that we can never understand, Mm -hmm. but we're invited into it every second of the day and of our existence. And I'm just trying to grasp like, what is it that we're talking about? It's that it's that Mm -hmm. are we in all of our very existence Mm -hmm. that Christ holds all things that he, as he's trying to communicate to us in just these very simple terms, I'm like bread to you. You know what bread is? It's it's the thing that you need. It's the thing that you hunger for. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that sustains you. That's what I am. And I'm not asking anything of you. Yeah. Except to let me be that. Mm-hmm. It's so hard for us, but it's beautiful. I think this would be even harder if it was the only thing that he ever said. You know, like... Yeah. But we also see, based on the rest of scripture and kind of the the bigger picture of scripture that the other ways that he provides for us that it's mostly never like bread falling from heaven or a supernatural thing it's usually something very simple like your community being around you yeah that's ex- this is exactly what Jesus is saying that he's saying i am the bread you know i am the air i am the it's like yeah. you could yeah. you could exchange it like what you said you could exchange it for any, anything because it's just we just need to connect it to like this divine supernatural thing and so he gives us that bread analogy 
when really it could be anything. Like it could be, you know, I am, I am the community that comes around you in your grief, or mm-hmm. I am the wind that cools you down on a hot day, or I am, you know, like if we start to think about mm-hmm. it like that, then it's like, wow, Christ is everywhere and in everything and in everyone. Mm-hmm. And like that changes mm-hmm. that for me, that changes how I read this passage. And it also changes mm-hmm. how I think about Christ. Yeah. Like yeah. Christ is not, Beautiful. he's not this, this historical figure that lived and did these cool things. He's like this eternal thing that's mm-hmm. with us now mm-hmm. and giving me goose, literally giving me goosebumps right now, you know, like that's it. That's it's, it, it is the wonder mm-hmm. that we have everything we need in the life that we have. Yeah. In in creation and in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. We just like have to figure out, we just have to jump in, figure out yep. how to tap into it. And for a lot of us, it'll look different. Yeah. You know, because we're all built differently and wired differently and have different ways of going about life. And so that that is the struggle for me is like, okay, what does it mean for me to engage with Christ all around me? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out who am I mm-hmm. and how do I fit into this, you know? But the invitation is there whether we're ready to accept it or not, you know? Yeah. And that's truth, what you just said. It just makes everything connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like filling us. That's how Paul saw it. That's why he's like, we're a body. Yeah. And when one is hurting, we all hurt. Yeah. I mean, he, he just saw it. It's this like, you could almost see the inhale and the exhale and yeah. how he pictured humanity. You know, when he looked across humanity, he saw the whole thing was breathing together. Sustained by the same breath. I mean, yeah, we're not there. No, and it's okay. I'm not there either. I just. But I like how you said they're trying. Yeah. That's what we're doing. We pray to God, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, Creator, and renew the earth. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, Counselor, and touch our lips that we may proclaim your word. Holy Spirit, come Come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, power from on high. Make us channels of peace and ministers of healing. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, breath of God. Give life to the dry bones around us and make us a living people, holy and free. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, wisdom and truth. Strengthen us to be bold in faith. Holy Spirit, come Come upon us. us.